You're listening to Teaching from Midtown Fellowship, a Jesus-centered family on mission in Columbia, South Carolina. If you're interested in finding out more about us, our family of churches, or how to partner with us, go to midtowncolumbia.com. Hey, Midtown family, this is Brandon from Lexington. Uh, Thanks for letting me serve you uh, during this new normal where I'm coming to you via the internet instead of in person. And if you're anything like me, you're probably still waking up a lot of mornings for a split second and and thinking, wait a minute, what exactly is happening again before the reality sets in yet again? And a few weeks ago, when everything kind of started to go down, our pastors met to talk about how we can best shepherd our people through this time. This is a very unique time in history and obviously in our lives as well. And our desire is to shepherd all of us through this the best that we possibly can and to point our eyes and our attention to Jesus. So we started early on kind of with some initial response on how to react during a time like this to guard against anxiety on one hand and arrogance on the other. But then in the weeks leading up to Easter, we wanted to to really focus way upward, to zoom out to a a 30,000-foot view Because here is the thing. What we are living through right now is a real-life sermon illustration. We are living through a circumstance that pastors will use in decades to come to help their people see that what the Bible says is true really is true. 50 years from now, pastors will stand up, open their Bibles, and they will say, hey, let me tell you what happened in March of 2020. You won't believe this. But we don't want to wait months or years or decades to learn from this real-life sermon illustration that we are in. We want to notice all the things that are being exposed now. Because what we are living through is causing all of us to stop and realize, oh, these things that the Bible says are true, they really are true. So last week, Adam taught on James 4. And James says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Turns out James was right, more than any of us realized before this. That truth would have hit us at some point in our lives with huge events, but it's a rare opportunity when we all experience it together like we are now. It's been true all along, but now we're seeing it crystallized and magnified. So today we're going to look at a different truth also found in James 4. So go ahead and open up your Bibles uh, there. We're going to revisit the verses that we looked at last week verses 13 through 15 in James chapter 4. So we'll start in verse 13. He says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. That's what Adam highlighted last week. And this next part is what we'll focus on this week. He goes on and he says, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live or do this and that. Your life is a mist, a vapor, a whiff of smoke in the air that appears for a little time and then vanishes. We all have moments in our lives where we stand around a casket or grave and are confronted with that reality, but a pandemic like this rings that bell 
in a totally different way. I remember seeing a picture a long time ago from the Spanish flu outbreak in 1918 with all of these hospital beds spread out in a gymnasium. And when I saw that way back then, I probably thought, man, that must have been tough to live back then. But I felt very little fear that something like that would happen now. And then I saw this picture. And I never thought I'd see a picture like that in my lifetime. It's one of the many things I've heard and seen the past few weeks that falls into that category of things I'd never thought that I would see. But even though I'm often numb to it, the scriptures have been telling us this for millennia. In the words of the teacher from Ecclesiastes, all go to one place. All are from the dust and to dust all return. In the words of David in Psalm 103, he says, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. Vapor, mist, dust, grass. In stable times, those images almost feel overstated. But in a time like this, suddenly they don't feel overstated for effect at all. They feel weighty and appropriate and necessary. And for many of us, before COVID-19, our lives, our health, our jobs felt pretty stable. But now that feels like an illusion, like grass that's blowing away in the wind. So when you watch the death count on the news rise by the hour, when you see pictures you never thought you'd see, when you read stories about heroic medical professionals dying from the disease they're seeking to treat, when you wonder if you've washed your hands recently enough, when you see a two-month-old baby intubated with COVID-19 down the street at Richland, you are feeling the weight of what James and David and Solomon are saying. You and I are vapor. The things we treat as permanent are temporary. We are temporary. All that we have can be taken from us. It is a gift that we get to keep for a while and then it's over. Life itself is a gift. To a certain extent, the whole world is waking up to this out of the false security that life lulls us into. Just the other day, I was trying to support a local restaurant I love with a takeout order, and I overheard a fascinating conversation as I called in my to-go order. The server answered the phone and then put me on hold while she checked out another gentleman getting a to-go order, but she didn't mute it, and so I was able to overhear their conversation. And after saying something about how crazy all of this is, the man looked at the server and he said, hey, what is your name? She said hers and he said his name. And then he went on to say, you know, I've been in here countless times and I've seen you, I don't know how many times and I've never asked what your name is. I'm sorry, I should have done that before right now. And she answered him and she said, no, I understand. This is having that effect on all of us. Everyone is realizing how precious life is to some degree 
right now. How we take people and things for granted, how fragile it all really is that an invisible pathogen could suddenly threaten everything and everyone we know and love. We are vapor. We are mist. The people God has given us, the health God has given us, the jobs he has given us are all immeasurable gifts despite any frustrations you have had. All of a sudden, much of what bothered us three weeks ago suddenly feels like a first world problem. That's a jarring realization to have. Your very existence is a gift that is not guaranteed in the slightest. Whatever health you've been given is a gift that can be taken from you. Your job, however frustrating it might be, is a gift. Your family is a gift. Your life group is a gift, no matter how much a few people might bother you. Going to a store to buy something you need is a gift. I mean, how happy are you going to be when you get to go eat a meal at a restaurant? As simple as that is. How happy will you be if you go to the grocery store and find meat or toilet paper? Did you ever consider that you might rejoice at such a basic thing in life? We are living through something that is forcing us to realize we have taken so many things for granted. And one of the many lessons I believe God has for us in this is to learn to treasure the gifts. Treasure the gifts. And assuming we do get out of this and back to some sense of normalcy at some point, we are going to hug people and things we never thought we would because we now see that they are gifts. Some of us are realizing, man, my life was far better than I realized it was. So as we worship in our homes together, let's remember that Sunday gatherings are a gift. We can grow cold to them and become flippant or negligent. And here we are unable to do something we've taken for granted. It is a holy thing when God's people gather to worship him a weekly grace gift to us. And I pray that this changes us to not treat them as optional or missable. As we interact with the digitized faces of those in our life group, let's remember that each one of those faces is a gift. Each face is a body made of dust with an eternal soul, each facing their own finite nature in this season. In the past, there may have been weeks where you grow weary of seeing the same people over and over. And we should see this season as a separation, as a correction to those tendencies. It's possible that we get to know each other well enough that over time, other people's weaknesses and sin tendencies begin to grate on you. You grow weary of having to bear with each other and potentially begin to slightly distance yourself in subtle ways. This season is a reminder that the community we are blessed with is a gift that can be taken from us and is a reason for profound gratitude. My last living grandparent is my Mima, and she is 76 years old. She's been a stabilizing force of refuge for me, one of God's greatest gifts in my life, and I have always known that. 
But this has made me realize I don't talk to her or see her nearly enough. And suddenly all I want to do is drive two hours to see her and hug her neck, but I can't. So instead I FaceTime with her most every day and tell her to stay away from everyone. We have four kids, six and under, and our daily life can be quite overwhelming. We were already drowning, and then someone handed us a baby last year, but he's super cute. Sometimes I become so taxed that I take it all for granted, and I get through the weeks and even look forward to when they are a little more independent. This has made me realize how precious a day with my family and my kids really is. Their lives are a missed Two, and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Some families during the season are actually eating dinner together for the first time in years or maybe ever. Kids are in the same room with both of their parents. Wives and husbands are taking daily walks. Roommates who were ships passing in the night suddenly are ships in the harbor. And all of that is a gift. My neighbors are a gift. The the single woman that lives beside us, the elderly couple two doors down whose names I can't even remember, the family from Italy right across the street, they are gifts. And we will not take them for granted like we have. We will learn their names and get their phone numbers. All of these and many more are gifts. And earlier in the book of James, he tells us where all these gifts come from. This is James 1.17. He says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So as Christians, we have a unique and foundational angle to a truth that everyone is learning to some degree right now. We know that behind all these gifts we're waking up to see is a giver. All of the things we're waking up and seeing as gifts are wonderful, and we are realizing we should be far more grateful than we are, but all of those gifts are also temporary. They are missed too. They can be taken away, and to an extent, they are being taken away right now. They can't and won't last, so our response should not be to overly identify or grasp onto them because they can never be our hope. Our hope has to be in the God who gives all of those wonderful gifts. So we don't stop at treasuring the gifts. We also trust the giver. The Christian response to all of this is to force our eyes up to the eternal hand that gives us all the things that we see is threatened right now. One of the things we're learning right now is that we are okay as long as we have him. We can face any circumstance with him as our refuge. And there's a possibility that we may not get all of the gifts back. The virus could take some of them away indefinitely. But even that is okay if we know the giver. 
there are many things about our current situation that we simply don't know. We don't know what life will look like next week or next month or next year. We don't know how many people will die or if those people will be us or people that we know and love. We have no idea what's going to happen to our economy and the far-reaching effects that could have. But what we do know is that every good and perfect gift is from the Father of lights and that he has not changed in the slightest through all of this. He is the same God in prosperity and in a pandemic. We know that he gave us life in the first place and that his pursuit of us through history is to save us from the folly of our sin and the futility of life on earth where even the best things about life are pried from our hands in death. And we who have been reconciled to God through Christ have been transferred from the passing away perishable kingdom of this world to the eternal kingdom of God. And Hebrews 12 says that through Christ, we have inherited a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So we who were dust and grass have been brought into a kingdom that is anything but where God's throne is established over sin, over death, over uncertainty and chaos, where an invisible virus could never threaten. We can trust the giver. And we are in the middle of a situation where we are going to have to come whatever may. He has earned that trust with the blood of his son, who took on perishable flesh and let life bleed out of him so he could give life to our mortal bodies of dust. So he could defeat sin and raise up the ashes of our bodies, whether taken from old age or a plague, to a glorified and eternal body where we will no longer be dust. We need to learn to rightly treasure the gifts while we are here. And I would love it if we become some of the most grateful and present and winsome people in our city after all of this. But we also have to learn through this that this world was never our hope. This is not the party. Heaven is the party. The best parts of this world are just a foretaste of the real party to come where we will see the giver face to face and the gifts will never be taken away. So as we wrap up today, just a quick pastoral word to some of you. First, if you are older or or have health conditions, we love you. We are praying for you. I imagine you might be scared by this, waken to the frailty of life. And I pray that during this season, your heart and mind is fixed on Jesus. And as you isolate and FaceTime with others, you realize how much of a gift life is, but you also don't despair because you trust the giver. Because you know your remaining years here are nothing but a prologue to eternity a shadow of what is to come. And I hope you feel our isolation from you as a profound act of love. 
One of our elderly members sent an encouragement to one of our pastors this week that beautifully describes the type of people we hope to be in the face of this. She said, I am no longer fearful of being old. A life in Christ at Midtown, and especially with y'all, has brought comfort and joy I only dreamed of. I will never stop telling y'all how much I love you or how blessed our relationship is. Man, that sounds like someone who's learning all of what we just talked about, and it is so compelling. If you are quite anxious in the midst of all this, I have a beautiful encouragement from Psalm 103 for you. It says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. What good news is that for you? He knows your frame. He remembers that you are dust. He knows this is the first time you have lived through a global pandemic. Your response is not a surprise to him. He is not wringing his hands over you. He's drawing you near to him like a good father would. He's calling your attention to a feast where a virus will never reach. So you can face all of this with solid ground under your feet. If you are lonely and facing far more alone time than you'd like, press into the truth that God knows you are dust and he gives you people, people you long to reconnect with and Lord willing soon will and that your people are not only a gift, but also a shadow of a forever family and unity with Jesus that will erase even the concept of loneliness from your mind. If you're stuck at home with the other humans that live there more than you'd like, zoom out of the daily frustration to see what an enormous gift those image bearers are, large or small. God saw fit to entrust them to you. And Lord willing, 30 years from now, you will look back on the time a pandemic hit the pause button and force you into close quarters where you learned how fleeting it all really is. And lastly, if you were a kid watching this, worshiping at home for the second week in a row and wondering just what in the world is going on through all of this, We see you and we know that this is hard on you too, even if you're not old enough to express that. Some of you might feel confused and some of you might have noticed your parents acting a little different. And some of you might be saying crazy things like, I miss school. Some of you may not mind extra time at home with your family at all. And any and all of that is totally okay. What I would want you to know is that God sees you and he loves you and that he is the safest place for you to go when things feel out of control. He is a compassionate father who shepherds your soul. And I know your parents are trying hard as they learn to be a teacher and pastor and worship leader and kid town director and somehow do their jobs still. We are all learning that life is a mist. It is not an easy thing to learn at all, but it is good 
for our souls. So let's learn together how to treasure the gifts and trust the giver. Please pray with me. Father, thank you that every good and perfect gift is from you. Thank you that you never change, even in the midst of all of this chaos. Thank you that even though we are dust, you have initiated a rescue plan to save us from our sin. So we will not be dust forever. Help us to learn to treasure all of your many gifts and help us trust you as the giver, no matter what comes. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Stay safe.